This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most gracious, the most merciful. Alhamdulillah. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Was salatu was salamu ala Rasulillah. Blessings and salutations upon the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Blessings upon his household, his companions. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every one of us and grant us an acceptance during this beautiful month of Ramadan that is almost drawn to an end. My beloved brothers and sisters, I'm very, very impressed by the attendance here this afternoon at the Platinum Suites here in Leicester, or just outside Leicester. Is it in Leicester or outside Leicester? It's in Leicester, subhanAllah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you all acceptance. A lot of patience is required when large numbers of people participate in an event or a program. When it comes to the food, inshallah, this evening, don't worry. It is provided by Saffron Kitchen all the way from London. The reason is, we trust them, mashallah. <laughs> They've actually been with us for a very long time and their food is number one, mashallah. You know, when you're hungry, you're always good at speaking about food. Yesterday when I was seated at my sister's house, a few hundred miles from here, I was actually saying, we're going to eat all of this. And when the adhan went, we only ate a few things and we were done. Subhanallah. They say, don't ever go shopping for food with an empty belly. You must always eat, be full to the brim and then go shopping for food. You'll hardly take much. And that's serious. Trust me, the men are smiling because they're so happy I said this. Mashallah. May Allah bless you all. Amen. On a more serious note, guess what? We were waiting a few months ago for Ramadan. Who remembers that? We were waiting for Ramadan and we were saying Ramadan is three months away, then two months away. And then, you know, suddenly May came in. And guess what happened? Ramadan was the first few days of May. It started and we are already in June today. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to utilize the days before they slip through in this way. Ramadan has come and gone. One of the du'as that we were told that the Prophet said ameen to was at a loss is the one who witnesses the month of Ramadan and didn't achieve forgiveness. Do you know why? Because forgiveness is on sale. It's on sale. What that means is it's, it's going and it's meant to be achieved by every one of us, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what type of sins you've committed, you're supposed to be forgiven during the month of Ramadan. So don't ever let shaitan trap you by making you think the sins I've committed are too big. All it needs and all that is required of you is to turn to Allah in repentance. He will wipe out your sins. Remember that. 
Ramadan is a month of mercy. It is a month of forgiveness. It is the month of freedom of fire, of freedom from the fire. It is a month that the most merciful has given us. Allah is the Lord of forgiveness. He doesn't call himself the one who forgives, but he calls himself the one who oft forgives. The one who always forgives. That's the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At-Tawwab, Al-Ghaffar. Subhanallah. The one who constantly forgives. So don't let the month of Ramadan pass by without having achieved the forgiveness of Allah. My brothers and sisters, I've known of so many people of late diagnosed with what? Cancer. They're, they're saying it themselves. Cancer. There is something wrong. I don't know if it's what we're eating or drinking or if it's the mobile devices or whatever else it might be in the environment. I really don't know. But I know something is wrong. Young people suddenly cancer. You know what? Stage four and they're gone. Yes, there are some who are cured by Allah. But what does this tell us? It tells us, Wallahi, life is temporary. It is short. It is very, very short. People are going in their 20s and in their 30s and 40s. Before, when a person gets to 70 and you hear that they die, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, he lived a good age. I know of an uncle who passed away not too long ago, 95 years old. Mashallah. They clocked quite a bit, mashallah. But people are going young. What guarantee do you have that you are not going to be diagnosed something or die in a crash? Or die somewhere. People don't like to talk about it, but we have to. That's why Allah gives us Ramadan, so that we can keep on plugging back with Him. You know, we distract and sometimes we are distracted. But come back to Allah. Allah is merciful. He loves you. Allah knows that you are going through a lot. Allah knows the environment you are living in. Allah knows the difficulties you are facing. Allah knows the challenges that you have. Allah knows what type of difficulties, perhaps the debt, perhaps the issues, you're finding it difficult to get married. May Allah bless those who are not married with spouses who will be the coolness of their eyes. Say Ameen. MashaAllah. I always hear the men who are already married saying the loudest Ameens. I wonder what that is in aid of. May Allah bless you. May Allah grant us happiness, those who are married. Ramadan is a month to resolve your disputes. Spend a moment to solve your matters. You will be rewarded greatly by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ramadan is a month where you need to set aside your pride and forgive people. Wouldn't you like to be forgiven by Allah? One of the ways of being forgiven by Allah is to forgive people. I may not want to associate too much with someone who's bitten me again and again, but I've forgiven them without wanting to embrace them thereafter. There are two things. Sometimes we forgive people, they expect us to return to normal, but I can't do that. Why? I've been bitten a bit too hard here, a bit too much here. The loss was a bit too big here. I don't have such a big heart that I'm going to embrace you because the hadith says, لا المؤمن من جحر واحد مرتين. A true believer is never bitten from the same hole twice. Never. Someone robbed you and then you forgave them and you went to embrace them again and they did a bigger robbery the next time. You were foolish. You may want to forgive, you may want to let go. But you don't need to embrace. The highest level is to do both of them. Your family members, someone you've got a petty issue with, pride issues. You know, divorce happens in societies and communities. I think 60% of all marriages are probably ending in divorce at some stage. Maybe more than that. Some communities 
go all the way up to 90%. I was in a country, without making mention of it, uh, they said this country has a 90% divorce rate. Whoa, I was shocked. And it is a 100% Muslim country. Subhanallah. May Allah, I see you guys are curious to know which country it is, right? More than the curiosity of wanting to know which country it is, save your own marriage, you will become a statistic. Subhanallah. Do you see the point? But what I said is facts. Some of you might know where I'm speaking about. I see you guys really want to know, right? You know? No way, not at all. No way, wrong. Sorry, my brother. He said Dubai. No, you're wrong. Actually, the Maldives. The Maldives. That's the place. Did you hear? The beauty that Allah's blessed them with. It's a 100% Muslim country. It's an amazing place. But they told me divorce here is 90%. I hope now it's gone down to 80, 85, perhaps less, inshallah. But what beautiful people. The reason I'm talking about divorce is when divorce happens, do you know what? A lot of people say things and accuse and so on, not realizing that they will pay a heavy price, a very heavy price for those words that they utter, for what they've done, for what they say later on, subhanallah. And then they're not happy. Sometime 10 years, 20 years later, you're suffering, you're struggling, your health is a problem, your pain in you, wherever else. And so many other things are all going wrong. Perhaps you harmed someone with your tongue, with your words sometime earlier in your life. And guess what? It's coming back to haunt you. That's why the best thing, just watch your mouth. When you have a dispute with people, watch your mouth. I have started developing a habit of saying good words, no matter what. You know, when you're young, you say, that guy's an idiot. Look at this, she's so stupid. You don't need to use stupid and idiot. You can take it out of your vocabulary. You're a mu'min. Respect yourself. I promise you, your life will change. Take it out. Why do you want to call them an idiot and a donkey and a dog and a monkey and whatever else? That's what we do sometimes, right? We call people names, we say bad things, we use bad words. And we don't realize that subhanallah, those bad words will come back to us to haunt us. Don't think like you're not going to pay a price for something. You will pay the price for it. So don't do it. Don't falsely accuse people. Don't hurt people. Especially divorce. You were married. You lived with each other. You were intimate with each other. You might have kids with each other. Just watch your tongue. Just watch your tongue. I'm not saying don't seek justice, but watch your tongue. I know of a case where the family members who didn't like their daughter-in-law said, you watch, we're going to make sure that he divorces you. Do you not think Allah exists? And guess what? They did it. It took them a few months. They convinced their son somehow or their brother at some time that you know what? She's a bad person. They kept on accusing and creating. This is the family. You're doing it not just to your own child or to someone else. You're doing it to the creature of Allah. Without a dua, you're already doomed. They don't need to pray against you. No one needs to say, oh Allah, destroy these people. No, you have destroyed yourself. Why? Because you have harmed someone. That harm has to come back to you. You know, Allah is just. Something Muslims forget is the justice of Allah. It might not happen instantly. You know, you slap someone, you won't feel it on your cheek immediately. No. You don't just, I'm like, you know, what happened? No. Allah will serve it back to you in a far more painful way. A few years down the line. Why a few years? 
Those few years is Allah's mercy. He gives you a time to seek forgiveness, a time to make amends, a time to resolve and solve your problem. If you haven't solved it within that time, then you start seeing things coming to hurt you. They attack you. What attacks you? I'm suffering. I lost my job. I lost this. I lost that. You know, ulama and pious people will tell you, don't worry, it's a test from Allah. At the moment when something happens, they will tell you it's a test from Allah. But I'm telling you in advance, the first thing you need to do when calamity strikes, ask yourself, have I harmed someone in my life? Did I say bad things about a person who might be a friend of Allah? Have I said things that are terrible? Have I stolen? Have I cheated, deceived? Have I been bad-mouthing someone, backbiting, slandering? If so, I am paying the price. Don't lie to yourself. You are definitely paying the price. It's a punishment of Allah, without a doubt. Because why? You deserve it. You didn't seek forgiveness. Allah gave you respite. That's quite scary, right? It's very scary, right? So watch your mouth, watch your tongue. When you're young and you're growing old and you start attacking people. I've seen it happening even in schools, high schools, colleges, where you have someone you just don't like and you keep on bugging them. Don't worry, you'll enjoy the moment. But when their moment comes, without them knowing, Allah will take care of you. Subhanallah. Do you want that to happen? No. So two things. One is change your ways and habits. Learn to speak with respect. You want to refer to a person you really dislike. Just say, I disagree with this person. You don't need to call them idiot. For what? You don't need to say dog. For what? You don't. Just say, I disagree with this person. They're a person as well. You use that respectful term to refer to Banu Adam, the children of Adam, your brothers, your sisters, your cousins. I might be... In fact, we're all cousins in here, aren't we? Exactly. We're cousins. First cousins, tenth cousins, hundredth cousins, or thousandth cousins. But we're cousins. We're related. Because I've got a nose just like yours. That's why. (laughs) Mashallah. And it's good to be related. I feel the connection, wallahi, with everyone, brothers and sisters alike. We are honored by Allah to be man. And we're not animal. We're not just a tree or a plant somewhere else. Imagine if you and I were plants. I wonder. Grass. Astaghfirullah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us forgiveness. Allah honored you by making you ashraful makhluqat. The most honored, the most High of the creatures of Allah is man. And the highest from amongst us is the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. No doubt. So now, if Allah has elevated your status, don't drop it. That's why Allah says, لَقَدْ خَلَقُنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ Indeed, we have created man in the best of postures. The best possible posture ever to be given to a creature of Allah was given to mankind. You know what's meant by posture? Your organs and your limbs as a human being were placed by Allah and He challenges you in the best possible place for those organs and limbs. I want you to pause for a moment and think about your organs, your eyes. Can you think of any better place to put them than where they are right now? Can you? Imagine if your eyes were where your knees are. (laughs) Just think about it because you know the greatness of Allah. Imagine your hair, your beard. Imagine if it were on your elbow. I've been doing this all day. 
Subhanallah. Imagine. Your fingers, the five. Imagine if the little one was somewhere in the middle. What would happen? People, you would say, hey, how are you? They think you're swearing them. Astaghfirullah. May Allah protect us. So Allah challenges us. Have you thought about it? Allah's honored you. Allah's honored me. He skipped the brain right at the top. Imagine if our brains were in our feet. What would have happened? We wouldn't be playing football. So Allah says, I've created man in the best possible posture. Then Allah says, Then we have lowered him to even the lowest of the low. The lowest of the low. Why? For many reasons. Attitude, habits, different types of evil that man does. So many things. So there must be an exception. Why would Allah say we've dropped man? Allah says, no, there is an exception. The man who is still very high and the highest. Wow, subhanallah. Allah says, except for those who believe and do good deeds for them, there will be a recompense that is unlimited. Allah will give you a great reward. Who? Those who believe and do good deeds. These two things will carry you to paradise. And you know what? On earth, they will give you contentment, happiness. You want happiness. We're searching for happiness. I've had a series this whole Ramadan known as contentment from revelation. If you've heard about it, put up your hand. MashaAllah, that's quite a large number. Contentment from revelation. You can catch it on YouTube or anywhere else. Right now, as I'm speaking, one of the episodes was just released, subhanAllah, just released on YouTube. It's the second last one, I think. And we're seated here. It speaks about how the verses of the Quran are filled with ingredients. If you were to bring them together, you would actually achieve contentment and happiness. We're looking for happiness. People are so upset because things happen in their lives. I give you the same example of divorce. If you've been through a divorce, learn to take it in your stride. It might hurt you. It might impact upon you negatively for a while. But Allah knows long term, it was definitely better for you. Definitely. When you see what Allah gives you either on earth or later on in the akhirah, you will definitely say, Oh Allah, I thank you for blessing me with that gift that you bestowed upon me. Perhaps the person who divorced you or the person who was with you may not be fit to be with you. I know of people whose sustenance does not open up completely until the divorce happens, after which the doors fling open as though they'd never ever seen money before. Allah didn't want you to share it with that person. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused that person to come out of the equation. It happens, but all this needs to happen with respect. Respect. You break up in business, your factory burns down, your shop burns. One of my good friends, a brother I know, in Durban, a few days ago, he was sitting in one of the lectures just like this. He received a message that your entire factory has burnt down. He decided as soon as they were done or just as they were done to go with a few brothers to see the place was gone completely, done, burnt. Guess what happened to the brother? He came back for the program. Subhanallah. What can he do? May Allah grant us strength. May Allah grant him barakah. Say Amin. 
And may Allah grant all of us barakah. Perhaps so many stories I don't know about. This brother came back to the lecture and he's sitting there with his friends. And the sheikh who was speaking was actually told that, you know what, this is what happened. And the sheikh says, wow, this is, there's a brother amongst us whose whole place has been burnt while he was here. He went out, he saw that it's burnt, he came back and guess what? He's still sitting with us. Amazing. But Allah knows, I've known of people who've lost their businesses some years down the line. They've made so much more than they ever had in the past. How is this connected to Ramadan? Ramadan is a month of surrendering to Allah. If Allah tells you don't eat, you won't eat. When Allah says eat, you will eat. If Allah says you will not be fasting, you won't fast. A woman in her menstrual cycle sometimes becomes sad that I can't fast and it's Ramadan. Don't be sad. The aim was not to fast or not to fast. The aim was not about fasting or not fasting. The aim is about obeying Allah. So if Allah says you're not allowed to fast, I just need to say Alhamdulillah, I'm such a happy person because I'm still obeying Allah. What a bonus, I'm getting a reward just like you. And guess what? I'm munching away. <laughs> May Allah grant us ease. That's Allah, He decides. When you're on a journey, you have a choice whether you fast or not, it's up to you. When you're not well, depending on the sickness. When you're expecting, you have a choice. When you're breastfeeding, you have a choice. By the way, if you're pregnant, it doesn't mean that you have to break the fast. But if you cannot fast, no problem. You can make it up later. The only difficulty is making it up later. You will be breastfeeding for another two years. Subhanallah. Then what happens? Then you're going to be pregnant again. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Allah grant us goodness. May Allah bless those who don't have children with children. When Allah hasn't given you something that you desperately want, perhaps it is because He knows what is better for you. You surrender to the decree of Allah. That's what it's all about. It's not about how much Allah's given you. It's about being happy with whatever He has already given you. That's what it is. Just like I said, when it comes to the fast, it's not about the fast or, not, or no fast, but it's about obeying Allah. The same applies when it comes to what you have. It's not about what you have. It's about being happy with what Allah's already given you. Many people have a spouse, a husband or a wife. Absolutely lovely person. And guess what? They don't appreciate that spouse, so they're busy looking elsewhere and outside until they lose the spouse. And Allah says, but we gave you. We gave you the best for you. But you didn't want it, did you? May Allah forgive us. That's why I'd rather my family be so happy with me than trying to please people I'm not even supposed to be pleasing. I'd rather one person be happy who's supposed to be happy than all others I'm trying to impress them when I'm not even impressing the one whom I'm supposed to have impressed in the first place. Subhanallah. I hope you know what I'm saying here. People have halal. They have it beautiful. They have it lovely. But because they don't appreciate it, they lose it. And when they lose it, it's too late. And sometimes their friends cheer them on to say, you know what? Yeah, good thing. Just divorce. Just go, close it, send her back home. Send her back home. And you want, yeah, okay, I'm sending her back home. But do you know what happened? Do you know what it's all about? Do you think it's that easy? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. This Ramadan is not yet over. But it is almost over. I want to tell you, last night there was a match. I didn't watch it, by the way, and I'm not lying. How many of you watched it? Don't worry. You don't need to lie. Put up your hands. 
MashaAllah, I can see very few have watched it. Either we're lying or we were making dua. That's why Liverpool won. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't have a favorite team. I don't, have, I don't really follow football that much. But we have a few good moments here and there. There are a few Muslims out there who really, you know, doing us proud in a certain way. We have to acknowledge that, right? If someone is a dedicated Muslim and they happen to be a cricketer or a footballer, we acknowledge that. Mashallah, we have to. We should and we must. Dedicated person. People might say, oh, how could you say that? You're supposed to be a sheikh, you know? Yeah, you know? That's right. I'm the sheikh. And if he's the one who's going to be reading the salah behind, it's okay. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to acknowledge one another. When you see a person... Dedicated to Allah. They are trying. I mean, the brothers were fasting. I don't think they needed to if they were traveling, did they? But they were still fasting. However, we had the football last night, right? Like I said, I didn't, I didn't watch it. People were saying, oh, you were up watching. I wasn't up watching. I heard the score immediately after. Someone said, hey, these guys. And I heard this commotion. What happened? They said Liverpool won. Did they win, by the way? Yeah. Let me not pretend. Okay. So... You know football, which moments are the most exciting? Tell me. What time or what part of that match is the most exciting? Tell me. Please, can you say it? The last 10 minutes. The brother says, last 10 minutes. Would you guys agree? Last 10 minutes of the 90-minute match, the most exciting. Why? There's a lot of noise in the stadium, right? And people are waiting for goals. There's just a few more minutes left for a chance to score your goal. It could change anything. The last minute, people are holding their breath, especially when your team is winning just with one goal. You're holding your breath, hoping, especially when the ball is now getting a little bit too close for comfort the other way. And you're like, Ya Allah. It's like the first time you're calling out to Allah genuinely, like, you know, like serious, genuine dua. Ya Allah. Ya Allah. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah. You know, that Alhamdulillah came out like, subhanAllah, you're supposed to be saying those Alhamdulillahs on a daily basis without any such reason, you know. But no. And then, whew, we won, mashallah, then you get excited. I tell you, something similar but on a higher level happens to the month of Ramadan. In Ramadan, you are judged by how you ended it. Yes, the beginning is important. We will start, we will go. Before the end, you must have changed your life. You must have achieved the forgiveness. The last moments are the most important moments. Hence, Laylatul Qadr is not at the beginning of Ramadan. Imagine if it was at the beginning. We would all come to the masjid. Imagine if we knew which night it was. Without knowing which night it is, we still come on the 27th and we go away. You are lucky you can come on the 29th. You know, perhaps Leicester has this thing where 29th, mashallah, they also come. Alhamdulillah. But... If we knew which night it was, saying it was the third of Ramadan, I think Ramadan would just be one day. That's it. Allah's plan is so superb that He kept Laylatul Qadr near the end. So when you go into the last 10, you're now on full mode, last 10 minutes, didn't He say? I'm saying last 10 days of Ramadan. Allah's given you the right time. You know, some of my friends say, no, cricket is a bit boring. You know why? It stretches a bit too long. So now they created something known as 2020. You've heard that, right? I believe one of the reasons was to cut the time to make it exciting and to let people bat as they wish and you know, hit the ball as they want. So it's not a three day. Three days are boring. Trust me, you only need to listen to what happened, the score later on. That's it. You might want to watch highlights. 
Imagine if Ramadan was more than 30 days, what would have happened? Say two months Ramadan. I think it would have been difficult. And imagine if Ramadan was less than 30 days, 10 days Ramadan, what would have happened? Subhanallah. So part of Allah's blessing is, He says, we prescribed it to you. We want you to finish the time we prescribe. It is for you, O man, perfect. From the creator who made you. He knows you need this month every year. You need it. And he knows that the last 10 nights need to be full of ibadah. And he knows that if you were fasting and suddenly, you know, from every aspect, it's a blessing. Health perspective, it's a blessing. Spirituality, it's a blessing. Socially, it's a blessing. You reach out to people, poor. You reach out to the others who are wealthy, perhaps with your character, with your conduct. You soften yourself. You refine your character during Ramadan. And you make sure when you come out of Ramadan, one thing needs to happen. What needs to happen? You need to save the changes. Have you ever exited your applications or word or whatever else it may be without saving the changes? And you say, gosh, I can't believe I just typed for two hours and I forgot to save the changes. Yes, that's what we do with Ramadan. We work hard for 30 days. We forget to save changes. You come out of Ramadan straight into the nightclub. Day of Eid. What happened? Forgot to save changes. Subhanallah. The day of Eid. People already start planning haram. I don't know how it works here. But already people say, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad. It's like you are the shaitan being released. Astaghfirullah. People say shaitan was tired. Yeah, I know, I'm waiting to be released. Day of Eid. Who are you going to meet? Where? At the nightclub. Astaghfirullah. Wherever else. You're planning with whoever your boyfriend or girlfriend to do haram on that day. Worse than that, you're planning to wear clothing that's actually going to harm you. Subhanallah. It's quite difficult to even suggest that these days. Why? It's like, it's my day. My day of happiness. Who gave you the day of happiness? Allah. Make Allah happy. By doing what? Just wear good clothing. That's all we're saying. It can be the best. It can be beautiful. It can look awesome. But it, you don't need to be immodest in your dress. You don't need to slice your clothing in a way that you are sliced yourself. You don't need to displease Allah on a day that He gave you to be happy, make him happy. You know, this happens twice. Maybe more, but two I know. Number one, on weddings. And number two, on the days of Eid. A wedding is a happy day given to you by Allah. I challenge you, my brothers and sisters, your wedding, make sure you're dressed beautifully in a way that Allah will be happy. Your entire marriage will be happy. That's a challenge. I've seen in Indonesia, I've seen in Malaysia, I've seen in the Philippines, I've seen in Nigeria, I've seen in Sierra Leone, I've seen in various other countries, people who are Muslims from a wealthy background or even from a poor background, and they are covered so correctly that nothing but dua can come out of your heart to say, Oh Allah, bless these people. My own people are struggling. They love to reveal, my brothers, my sisters, the day you enjoy to cover more than you love to reveal is the day that your connection with Allah is heading in the right direction. Did you hear what I just said? If you love to expose more than you love to cover, you need a lot of help, my brother, my sister. Notice I'm saying brothers because these days we have to lower our gazes even from brothers. You 
might see half of their backsides. Allah forgive us. They used to call it a cleavage. I don't know what they call it. Allah protect us. It's happening. You wonder what you're witnessing and you're about to go into sujood in salah. Instead of saying Allahu Akbar, you're going to say Astaghfirullah. And Allah forgive us. It's a reality that has struck us. My brothers, wear something respectful. That's all we're saying. Be modest. Wear something respectable. And carry yourself with utmost respect. And you see, Allah will grant you contentment. Ramadan cannot end on a note where the day of Eid, where we are celebrating the obedience of Allah through disobedience. Can't happen. What am I doing on the day of Eid? I'm celebrating the, the acts of worship the whole month of Ramadan. How on earth can I celebrate worshiping Allah through the disobedience of Allah? Does it make sense what I'm saying? Am I the only one sweating or is it getting warm in here? I had a feeling, you know what happens sometimes when you say it's a bit hot, then it becomes freezing. When you say it's a bit cold, it becomes hot. I still want to find people who know what's like medium. May Allah grant us goodness. But don't you agree we need to make a dua for the people of this venue, the platinum suites. May Allah bless them and their families and grant them goodness. I see, mashallah, we're actually full to capacity here. Brothers and sisters, really, I'm so, so delighted to see you and to be here with you. What I'd like to share with you, I've actually got one minute remaining, but I think I'm going to, I'm actually going to go a little bit beyond that. If uh, the brother allows me, is it okay? Okay. How many minutes more? Did you hear what he said? I've got 2,000 witnesses here who said, do whatever you want. Okay. Guys, no iftar tonight. No, no, we'll end just now in two minutes. What I want to say, the main message is when Ramadan ends, please, please, Carry through some of the goodness. Carry it. That's why you have the six fasts of Shawwal. Plan to do them. I know they will be a little bit long in the UK and in this part of the world now. But plan to do the six. It will help you. They don't need to be all together. They could be staggered. They could be separated. But within the month of Shawwal, do these six fasts. You get a reward of having fasted the whole year. It's good. It's something. Another thing. Watch your tongue. Watch your mouth. Watch what you say. Watch what you eat. Watch what you drink. Many people don't bother about halal and haram. Some people actually think that, you know, haram can only be pork and alcohol. That's what they think. So if they see chicken and beef and anything else, to them it can never be haram. Because why? It's just chicken. But you don't know. It needs to be slaughtered in the proper way. It needs to be done in the correct way. Be concerned about what goes into your mouth. Allah will give you happiness. He will give you contentment. More than anything else, watch out how you treat the rest of people, those whom you live with. Make life easy for them. Say good things. Bring people together. Solve your problems. Solve your matters. That will be the most blessed Ramadan. Your life will change. Your attitude will change. If you come back from Hajj and nothing has changed in you, you did your farad, but your Hajj was not that acceptable Hajj which would have a reward of you returning as clean as the day you were born. No. You did your farah, but you didn't come back as clean as the day you were born. Why? You've come back straight into your dirty ways and habits. The older people, when someone went for hajj and came back, they used to call them al-hajj. I know in North Africa it really works. You know, in West Africa too, al-hajj, al-hajj. Why do they say al-hajj? To keep reminding you, you know what? You're supposed to be on a much higher level of character, conduct and consciousness of Allah because you made hajj. Today when they call you hajj saab, you say... That's not me. But you made hajj four or five times. Subhanallah, I'm too young to be called haji. 
You're not. It's an honor. It is an honor that is given to you, subhanallah. It's obviously a cultural thing to call you al-hajj. But it's a reminder completely to say to you, listen, you've made hajj. So if you went for hajj and came back a changed person, perhaps that hajj was totally accepted by Allah. I want to say the same about Ramadan. If you exited the month of Ramadan and certain things have improved in you and your life has changed even a little bit, your heart has become purer, you've learned to love people, you speak to them in a proper way. Wallahi, it means that Ramadan by the will of Allah will be such that you would have been forgiven totally for everything you've done before. Start a new leaf. And every Ramadan you change one or two of your bad habits and ways. Trust me, you grow up. You become a person who's content, who's happy. Concentrate on your family, your community. And you go ahead and you're such a happy person because you know what Allah wants. And you know to make the most of what Allah's given you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. I'm really looking forward to the rest of this evening, inshallah. We will be having, like I say, iftar very, very soon. Very, very soon. Are we allowed to bring it forward by a few minutes today? I don't think so. No. No matter how much we say, it's okay. We all know. Even one minute ahead of time, you've wasted all those 18 hours. Is it 18 hours? Yeah, mashallah. 18 hours wasted just because of a minute. So therefore, inshallah, let's make a lot of dua. Let's uh, make the most of the last few moments of Ramadan. Score as many goals as you can. Tilawatul Qur'an, even if you haven't read the Qur'an through the whole month, and I know there are some who may not have even picked up the Qur'an for the whole month, please pick it up or open the app on your phone and please read a few verses. At least you can say, month of Ramadan, I read five verses. Between you and Allah, no one needs to know. If you say five verses to people, they'll say, so little. And if you ask them, what did you read? I didn't even read. You know? <laughs> so it's not a competition with other people. It's a competition with yourself. I must do best and the, the best. I tell you, the best I can do, I will do. Never let your connection with Allah. Never let your connection with Allah completely off, totally diminish. No, there needs to be the flicker there at least. If your battery on your phone has gotten from 90 to 80, to 70 to 60, then it's probably an iPhone. Ah, sorry. Uh, 70 to 60, you can see what phone I use, right? 70 to 60 to 40 to 20, what do you do? At 15, the phone reminds you to say what? Charge, right? Gets to 10, to 8, what do you do? You start getting edgy, am I right? You start minimizing the use, right? You want to get to a charger, you put it in the charger and you're like, ah, you know what, now I can use, I can do the net, I can do this, I can do that. Wallahi, my brothers and sisters, your connection with Allah is more important. You see our spirituality, it dwindles. Don't ever let it extinguish completely. Keep it going, even if it's one verse a day. Your salah, at least your salah, even if you're doing other wrong things, and you know the other things are wrong, and you know they are your weaknesses, but don't let go totally of Allah. Never ever, never ever. Keep it going. Keep that salah going. Keep some good deeds going. Keep the consciousness within you. You need to know inside yourself. Yes, these bad habits I have, I know they're bad. I'm going to give them up. Keep on telling yourself. Keep on being strong. A day will come when if you have that slight link, Allah will make it stronger and stronger and stronger until you eradicate the bad and you become a person you wouldn't believe you would have been years ago. Keep that thing going. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us exit this beautiful month in a way that pleases Him. Aqulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad.